This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, November 6, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, the Buckeyes are number one in the college football playoff rankings. Your reaction when you saw that last night? The committee seems to actually be doing their job. And I don't say that because OSU is number one. I say it because it's like they actually applied some logical metrics to putting their ratings together. This is something I really couldn't say about them in past years. I think this committee, by putting OSU and LSU at one and two, at not playing for TV with Bama and their pathetic rank the schedule, trying to make a one versus two game out of not really one versus two, I think the way that they handled Clemson, a number of factors made me think, huh, maybe they actually did a little research. This is one of the first times I've ever seen a college football playoff ranking go up and go, I don't really have a large issue with most of these teams. Um, I think OSU rightfully should be one. If they were two and LSU was one, I would have said, well, LSU has better wins. But it looked to me like the committee said, hey, we have two really good teams, and OSU has a better strength of schedule, so they get to be one. And that's a great thing because we have been complaining for years that they don't care about strength of schedule, right? And uh, for once, it seems like they actually are paying attention to it. So uh, I think the other thing for OSU fans is, is that now that the universal respect has been shown to the football team, there's no more worrying about whether or not you'll get in. Just win your games. That's simple. And, you know, OSU's certainly in a great spot. And as weird as it sounds, Dave, this is the first time they've ever been number one in a CFP ranking. Outside of, of course, the final one in 2014, which was just, hey, you just <laughs> yeah. won the track. So, you know... <laughs> It's a neat, it's a neat little feather in Ryan Day's cap, and uh, you know we'll see if they hold it after this week. Obviously, Alabama and LSU play, whereas OSU plays no one. So if LSU wins, you have to think they jump the Buckeyes. If Bama wins, I don't know if they jump them because of the weakness of their schedule. But I do think that we have to enjoy it while it's here, and you know hopefully the Buckeyes will be ready in a couple weeks for what appears to be a gigantic game now against number four Penn State. Yeah, I won't have a problem if. The winner of LSU and Alabama jumps Ohio State for number one. As long as Ohio State then you know jumps Alabama or LSU for number one, if Ohio State beats Penn State, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Penn State being fourth and Clemson being fifth. I mean, if you had a blind resume, it makes a lot of sense. I did not see that coming. Though I did not think the committee would have. This is kind of what you're saying: the guts to do that. Uh, that was a pleasant surprise. I mean, it was a pleasant surprise seeing Ohio State won. As I said in our staff predictions, I said I think they should be number one, the Buckeyes. But I said I bet the committee's going to put 
LSU number one and Ohio State number two. But, uh, you know, so I was pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, about a lot. It sounds like you were too. Not just Ohio State, but Penn State being fourth, Clemson being fifth. You know what else was surprising to me, Dave, was the way that they handled the teams outside of the top five. I thought that coming in we were going to get the usual rigmarole about how everything goes. And in the end, they did something I thought very telling. Uh, while I disagree with Georgia at six, uh, they had the worst loss of any of the one-loss teams. I think they should have been lower. Um, that's my one complaint is Georgia. Uh, the truth is they did just beat Florida. Florida's rated 10. They did beat Notre Dame, who's still rated pretty high. Uh, but they put the two Pac-12 teams ahead of Oklahoma. And to me, that's very telegraphing and telling what they think of the Pac-12 versus Big 12 and how they're going kind of counter to the perceptions. Right now, when you hear people talk, they go, oh, the ACC sucks, but Clemson will get in. And then they go, oh, the Pac-12 sucks, everybody's out. Well, according to the committee, that's not true at all. In fact, in reality, if I had to guess how this is going to play out, I think that if Oklahoma wins out and Oregon wins out, Oregon goes ahead of Oklahoma. And the reason for that is, is if you look at the way that they've put these teams in their ratings, they have Oregon and Utah at 7 and 8. Oklahoma is at 9. Oklahoma's remaining schedule has Baylor on it and whoever they'll play in the Big 12 title game. And I guess Oklahoma State's 23rd. Meanwhile, if you're Oregon, you have a chance to play a 11-1 Utah team in the Pac-12 championship game who's going to only move slightly up in these rankings if they move at all. So it's really hard for me to see them justifying jumping Oklahoma over Oregon if both went out. And I'll tell you what, that is a bit stunning, but it also tells you that if you're Ohio State, the way the season may play out, let's say they beat Penn State, they beat Michigan, they beat Minnesota or Wisconsin again in the Big Ten championship, you have the resume to be the number one team. Suddenly that matters, because wouldn't you much rather play Oregon or Utah than Alabama, Clemson, or LSU, like the two-versus-three game appears to be shaping up to be? I know I would. So, you know, if you want to get into the seedings discussion, seeing those guys further down setting up the way that they are, it gives me a lot of uh, excitement, because I think that I think Oklahoma may be a better team than whichever team wins the Pac-12. I just think Oklahoma's loss in the fashion that it happened is going to be enough to hold them back compared to a team like Oregon, whose only loss was at the last second against a good team in Auburn. So if you're OSU and you, you managed to get the Pac-12 champ in the first round of the playoffs, that's, that's an amazing draw, even if it's going to be out in Glendale, which you know Ohio State will probably pick that because the first seed gets the first pick between Atlanta and the Fiesta Bowl. But, hey, then again, you never know. Maybe the first seed Ohio State would choose to go to Atlanta because none of those Western teams would fly out that far. So we'll, I guess time will tell. But I do think the Pac-12 championship placement is all of a sudden a lot more interesting than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, seeding usually doesn't matter. Uh, at least a lot of times it doesn't matter. This year it looks like it will, and it would be very nice to have the number one seed. And I also agree that they made a statement about the Pac-12 over the Big 12. So uh, it's going to be uh, uh, interesting to see how it plays out. Last night was very interesting. So a lot of good news across the board. Uh, I guess some minor um, – I don't want to call it bad news. It doesn't really. It's not going to affect Ohio State that much. But Cincinnati, I thought it should would be higher than twentieth. I think they should be higher than twentieth. But they're twentieth. And Indiana, I want to ask you about this. I thought Indiana might sneak in there at twenty-five. Do you feel like Indiana should be ranked? If Indiana was a mid-level SEC school like Ole Miss or Vanderbilt, 
and they were 7-2, and two, they would be ranked probably in the top 15. It's Indiana is one of those blind spots this year where I was hoping the committee would go ahead and put them in. And Oklahoma State's in with three losses somehow, but two loss Indiana's not. So I just I genuinely believe that if Indiana was, you know, a Mississippi school or something, they would absolutely be in the top 15 or 20. There's no question in my mind about it. Uh, even Jesse Palmer, who mentioned it on the, the announcement show, he goes, nobody's talking about Indiana. They're 7-2, and two, right? Uh, I get it. People go, it's Indiana. They haven't really played anyone. Well, I get that. But, you know, if you swap Indiana's schedule and Alabama's schedule, is Alabama 7-2 and two or 8-1? and one? If they have to play Ohio State and have to play at Michigan State, who knows, right? <laughs> Whereas, if you give Indiana Alabama's schedule and the toughest team is Duke, I mean – I could see Indiana being undefeated like Alabama. So let's be honest here. Yeah, I think Indiana's getting the, the short end of the stick here. And I, I'm not counting the Hoosiers out in some of these games they have the rest of the year. They've got Michigan still. Um, they're they're going to get Penn State, which I don't know how they're going to do in that one. But, you know, that's that's a decent Indiana team. This isn't, you know, oh, it's just Indiana. And I, I think they could have easily been in the top 25 as well. And if OSU is number two, we may be talking about how Indiana getting the short end of the stick is uh, going to end up being what kept them from being number one. But since the Buckeyes are number one, we're not as concerned. Uh, I also think the Cincinnati thing is worth talking about because I agree with you as well there, Dave. I thought Cincy was going to be higher. Uh, I thought Cincy, in particular, with the fact that they've won virtually every one of their other games pretty strongly, uh, was going to help. Now, Maybe coming off of the struggle bus trip to East Carolina that they just had to stay undefeated kept them from moving up higher. But in the end, if you're a team and your only loss is to the number one team, you should be ranked pretty darn high, I would think. And I think Cincinnati has, Cincinnati has room to go up. I think one thing there is, is that the committee historically has always been pretty reticent to rank a group of five teams too high in the early voting because then if they keep winning, then – they're going to be arguing why they aren't moving up and why they're getting jumped by teams that have two losses or whatever, right? So if you start them all low, by the end of the year, Cincinnati may move up to 10 or something if they keep winning, and they won't realistically be in the playoff discussion because they probably shouldn't be. And the committee's trying to avoid that whole, hey, what about the little guy discussion by keeping them low to start. But I do think there's room for them to improve if they keep winning. All right, in the spirit of fans are never happy, um, there are – because we've got like an eight-page thread on you know, the story that I did last night. As we all know, like the stories on our site automatically creates a thread. So it's running on about eight pages right now. And there is – it's not a majority back, so I wouldn't say it's a majority, but it, you know, it's a healthy minority of fans that are like, I don't like this, this is rat poison, you know, whatever term they're using. It's funny, the Nick Saban term is, has caught on in the, in the just the general college football lexicon. But uh, I don't buy into that. I mean, if you can't handle being number one mentally – uh, as you know, the team. I'm not talking about the fans. Uh, fans, you know, get nervous about everything, and that's fine. It's part of being a fan. But the team itself, Ryan Day, they just seem laser focused. And I feel like if, if this is too much for them to hand, handle mentally, they probably weren't going to be a national champs anyway. I like that Ohio State's number one, as you mentioned, has never happened before in the college football playoff, except for after they won the title. I like this. Just your reaction when you hear some fans saying, "Oh, I wish we were number two, Kind of keep that chip on our shoulder. And I, I said this in the bucket of bowls this week. I would understand the fear of the complacency coming up and biting, you know, the, giving you that rat poison, right? If they didn't have Maryland and Rutgers on the schedule the next two weeks. Because this is the time period where maybe that complacency sets in. 
you just decked Wisconsin. You're getting people loving on you from all directions, right? Uh, the national media is even saying, ESPN is even saying nice things about Ohio State. And that's a rarity, as we all know. If they were playing a team like, say, an Indiana or, uh, you know, an Iowa these next couple weeks, I'd be really worried about it. Problem is, they're hosting Maryland, who is just god-awful this year. And then they're going to Rutgers, who is barely a Division One football team at this point. After that, they go to Penn State, or they host Penn State, I mean, and they're not going to not be ready to play against Penn State, plain and simple. You know, honestly, the one game that complacency could scare me, and this is going to probably give at least four listeners a heart attack, the one spot <laughs> on Ohio State's remaining schedule that complacency is a legitimate concern. It. Michigan, and uh, here's why. Here's why. And this is a game, by the way, that I never take this game not serious. I took this game serious as all hell when Rich Rod was on their, their staff, right? That game terrifies me every year. Illogically so sometimes. But think about it. You have garbage teams that even if you are complacent, it won't make a difference. You play against Penn State, you know you're going to be up, you're going to have your best effort. Let's say the Buckeyes win that game. They will have clinched the Big Ten East. They will be undefeated number one. They will be going to play against an opponent in Michigan who they have beaten seven straight times, who has Last year they beat by four scores or whatever it was, right? And they're a team that probably is going to be eight and three, nine and two, but nothing super duper spectacular, right? Your OSU, the react, the relaxation aspect to it is potentially there. Uh, now that said, I think Ryan Day imports Urban Meyer and has him, you know, hit a hit a tackling sled or something and get the team ready to rock and roll, but. If there's one spot on the remaining schedule that you, if the five games we expect them to have before the playoffs, the one game that is by far and away my biggest fear with complacency and rat poison is the game because of all the other factors that are involved in the other games. Two teams that OSU should deck the next two weeks that aren't really good enough to scare them, the biggest game of the year in Penn State, and, of course, the conference championship game, they're not going to not be ready to go for those. Let's be honest. If there's one that you fear about, it's Michigan. Now, the good news is, for those of you who are in the midst of coronary assault right now, the good news is Ohio State is always ready to play Michigan and has been since Jim Tressel got here. Even the fickle year, they almost won with a team that had no business being on the same field. So, I don't expect that to happen. But if there's a spot where the rat poison is out to get you, it's in the rivalry game, folks. And that is a legit concern. So, there you go. That's your, that's your rat poison moment for the day, Dave. Excellent insights, as always, from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. I really appreciate it, Bax. Just a quick programming note. Ohio State's basketball team will tip off the season tonight against visiting Cincinnati F. Bearcats and Buckeyes tonight, 8.30 at the shot. The game will be televised on FS1, a late-night basketball, 8.30 p.m., FS1. Buckeyes are favored by six. Buckeyes are ranked 18th. Bearcats are unranked. So, Ohio State and UC getting after tonight on the hardwood. Thanks again to Matt Baxendale, and thank you to all listeners for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land.
baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.